This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Sources have confirmed that the Big Ten is expected to announce this morning that football is back. The date is still in the air. I'm not sure if it's going to be October 17th or October 24th. But, Greeny, I can confirm that Big Ten football is coming back. I'm looking at my oh. calendar. Wait, hold on. I was gearing up for tailgating in January. What happened? You know what? You still might be able to. Rah. Big time football coming back. We'll talk about it. (laughs) We'll break a Twins game down like it's football and a couple couple, uh, predictions on the horizon here for Write That Down today. And a pretty bad week for one of us that we'll we'll get to as well. But let's first talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company. If you are a business owner and you are looking for peace of mind and you are looking for trusted resources to help you navigate the challenges of running your business, Federated Insurance is the insurance company for you. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, they are one of us and they support the GOFs. FederatedInsurance.com to find information. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. And I can tell you that if the Big Ten is going to be allowed back in the college football playoff, all 10 FBS commissioners and Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick would make that decision. My gut says, yes, of course, they would let them in. But at the same time, you have to remember that not everybody is playing, right? And it's a shorter season for them to continue. So maybe it's a little bit of discussion, a difficult conversation. But I do think at the end, those commissioners will let them participate in the college football playoff. So Big Ten football, here's what we know as of this morning. We are taping this show late morning here on Wednesday. The season will start on October 24th. Barry Alvarez says every team will play nine games, eight in the regular season, and then an additional Champions Week on December 19th where the one, the, the number one team in the East plays the number one team in the West, so the, that would be the traditional Big Ten championship game. But then the number two team plays the number two team, and the horse crap team plays the horse crap team. At the bottom, uh, the schedule will be laid out later on this week. Northwestern AD Jim Phillips says Big Ten teams should be able to compete for a spot in college football playoff, uh, in the college football playoff and in the traditional bowl games. And uh, access to rapid testing 
and quick results is the game changer here in case people are wondering, well, wait a second, why why did the Big Ten punt the season into the spring of 2021 like a month ago? And uh, was it did they just succumb to pressure? I'm sure there's some of that, but they are saying access to rapid testing and however much they're paying for that is the game changer here. So, Judge Zolgad, your thoughts? Where do I start? Um, so they are bringing back Big Ten football, it sounds like, without bringing back any other fall uh, Big Ten sports, which I asked that question when this all started because my thought was clearly you only care, and this is fine too because it's a huge business. I mean, to like be like, I can't believe this is, is so naive and silly. Clearly you only care about football because football is what makes you Money. It's what TV wants to show. It's what people in, for instance, Iowa and Nebraska and all the way to Washington, D.C. wanted. So I guess in 2020, with the landscape of how things work now, um, both both the bizarre and not as bizarre, my reaction to this is I'm not surprised. Like, did I did I think in August when the Big Ten, you know, originally announced when Kevin Warren came out and announced that it was going to be postponed, that they would be playing in October? No, I didn't. But if you told me then there's an off chance, I would have said, yeah, okay. So I think what they needed to get their heads around just basically acknowledging, though, the most important thing beyond because they're going to go on and on about the medical has changed in five weeks and the testing, and maybe it has. But I think the most important thing that they had to own up to as presidents, as um, as ADs, as a conference was this. No other sport matters, really, like basketball does. But no other sport matters. For the record, it sounds like those other sports are going to play. Right. And they're going to announce something later on this week. And testing will be available for other sports, the ones that they aren't cutting. (laughs) Right. Those aren't going to be cut until next year. But are those those sports going to start to play when football does? I don't know Or is football going to start as a – but the point being is college football is your cash cow. And it's incredibly important. And and to just say we're not going to play it is a noble thing to say. But then, you know, you saw, right, other schools start to play on Saturday or the Saturday before. And I'm sure there, there was some buyer's remorse there in not playing yourself. So I am not greatly surprised by this. Uh, it looks a little clunky in how they got here. But I think the pressure became so immense to play that they're just like, let's find a way to play football. But to make it clear, you know, let's find a way to play football. Not And, oh, by the way, what about soccer, too? Well, I did get, I told you this before the show here, I did get a tweet from from Jason here. He says, uh, how can this be football only? How can you look a Big Ten golfer in the eye and say, sorry? I mean, not to be insensitive, but I tell the Big Ten golfer, uh, do you got some shoulder pads? If not, Sorry. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Rush Creek is open. Como's open. I love Como. It's a great well, public okay. course. Uh, there's an it's, issue at hole seven. Well, it's a par three now. It's a yeah, a 75 yard par three, and yeah. then a drop box for par. Like, there's two holes. <laughs> I love my St. Listen, Paul. Listen, they're they're redoing it. It'll, okay. It's a it's a you know it's what? Project. Okay. They're de- when, they're Declan proofing it. When when, Fo- <laughs> when Fox comes to the Big Ten and says, "Here is a multi million dollar contract. We want golf." <laughs> then then they will look at that golfer and say, son, you go play golf. That's when they'll look at that golfer. We're live here at the Big Ten Golf Championship. $10 million on the line in scholarships. I mean, like, exactly. So yes. I, I think what's, sort of, what, yes, what's, thank you. what's fascinating to me is we've, like, we've been so fixated on 
whether or not Kevin Warren and the Big Ten are getting this right in their communication. It's like, first of all, it's a global pandemic. And I, and there are things that are rippable, and I will get to those. But I'm not really going to fault a governing body for being deliberate during a global pandemic. All right? Now, now this I get that this gets split down political lines, and there's people that listen and say, it's a hoax, and you guys are... You know, they're all overblowing it. These kids are going to be fine and whatnot. And, like, I don't want to get into that. I just want to say that this has been a super complicated six- to seven-month period for sports leagues, for state governors, for lawmakers, like, for business owners. It's been a really complicated six- to seven-month stretch. And so if the Big Ten is guilty of being too deliberate and saying, we're just not really sure about this, we don't feel great about this, we don't feel like... Maybe we should have been coming up with a better plan between March and August, but here we are. We didn't, and so we just want to we want to punt this thing down the road. And then when more information comes in, or you know, they get access to better testing right. mechanisms, they change their mind. Like I'm not going to spend a lot of time ripping them for that. The thing that I will rip them for is it seems like with some of these other leagues, NBA, NHL, those are bubbles, so it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But even NFL training camps came back in early August, and Major League Baseball like came back. Uh, what a month and a half ago now that there have like, these leagues have had their hands on daily testing. And I get that that's expensive and, and the big 10 and other conferences are not only trying to say, yeah, we'd love to have testing, but they're also trying to cry like, we don't have enough money to pay players. So where will we get the money for testing? So there's a lot of different like conflicting things at play here, but I don't fault the big 10 as much as other people for being deliberate. I think it's the right decision to come back and play. I think now that they've been able to see these other non-bubble leagues like the NFL and major league baseball, they had you know, baseball had a thing there for a couple weeks with Marlins players and strip clubs and Cardinals players. And, and that seems to be behind them. And baseball has continued forward. I think it's if, as long as testing is there and as long as there are protocols in place, mm-hmm. I am 100% good with this decision, and I'm ready to watch football. So am I. I think the difference, too, is this when it comes to college sports, and this does not include some conferences because the SEC does not care about people. Um, the Big Ten, So the Big Ten is torn because of this, okay? They're run by presidents, for instance, who are academics and who are probably incredibly smart people, right? And so, like, they get the science, and that's what they're about, and I don't blame them. So then they go to their ADs and are like, this is concerning. But now here's here's the trickle down. To, to actually break this down, Phil, like it truly is. So, so the presidents go to Warren, who's the Big Ten commissioner, and they're like, there's a lot of concerning stuff. And Kevin's not a dumb guy. He's like, yes, there is. There is. You know, our doctors and scientists are telling us this. But the trickle down then, and this is the problem that, Football that the National Football League, the baseball, basketball go down that list does not have because they're professional sports and they really don't care that much. Um, the Big Ten then goes to their ADs, who then go to their coaches, who, for lack of a better term, are more jocks, right? And so they want to play football. You know, Jim Harbaugh wants to play football. Yeah. Scott Scott Frost, Scott Frost does not. If if you say Scott, here's the deal: I got a hundred page um, pamphlet for you to read tonight. Take it in the bathroom. Just read the whole thing because this is going to blow your mind about the potential fallout of of if Johnny Leftguard gets this. He's like, nah, I just, he's like, the playbook's the only thing longer than ten pages that I will ever. Yeah, read that and he would literally Jim say, Jim Harbaugh wears cleats to church, like you exactly, know. and 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 khakis, and and Scott Frost would literally tell the AD at Nebraska, um, Billy Bob, if Johnny Leftguard gets really really sick, 
I got Timmy Lefgard to replace him. <laughs> this is next man up. So, so like, but but I'm serious. So, so the so the Big Ten has a trickle down problem that pro sports don't have because you do have probably a lot of smart people who got scared, and I don't blame them. Yeah. But then you get. But then you get the jocks, and of, of course, people like the parents of the players who were like, my son's there to play football. And there's no delusion about Johnny Lefgard's there to get that degree, too. Dad wants J- Johnny Lefgard to get drafted by the Colts. So I think the problem here was a lot of conflicting views from people, some very smart, some not so smart, about playing a sport. Well, also, you know, think about when did the Big Ten announced was it a month month and a half ago i think it was like a month ago they announced that they were gonna it was like early august or something we're not gonna do this like the 11th of august yeah yep so it was it was like five weeks ago yep and over the last five weeks the nfl has started training camp finished training camp has gone through week one of a season and to this point there have been no covid outbreaks that have there's been covid cases but there's been no covid outbreaks that have derailed the season uh, Major League Baseball, right around that time, was going through some. I think part of the reason why the Big Ten said, "Oh, we're good," is they're watching Major League Baseball. I'm trying to think of the timeline, but I'm pretty sure, like it was right around them where the Cardinals weren't playing. Late July, the Marlins Early weren't August. playing. Yeah, yes, sir. Correct. And so we've had another month of being able to observe and being able to collect data. And I think, you know, to look at the NBA and the NHL and the WNBA, those are. Those are bubbles, and so you can't really compare to those. Right. But to look at the non-bubble sports really going off in the last 30 days without problems, it that matters with, with trying to come up with your next step. And so I'm pretty sure the Big Ten went to school on that. And I, I Pun intended. Very good. I am curious about this, too, though. Uh, so I, I have a feeling that baseball, after the outbreak with the Marlins and Cardinals, and football has not had an outbreak yet, thankfully for them, but I think they've done a very good job probably of threatening their players – in fact, I know that there are uh, financial implications if uh, if a um, if a player in football gets spreads it or gets sick. Wait, so what happens now? So I, I believe that I believe that the National Football League put in uh, financial implications that if a player gets it or gets sick, that there's some trouble there for him. So they're trying to build so ba- in some so basically basically okay. they can threaten you. But the point being is, I'm curious what college football is going to do because you really can't. Like you can threaten kids not to go out, but they're kids, and can you? And how much can you hold them to that as well? So, how that falls out to me across, and it's not just the Big Ten across college football is going to be very interesting. See, so Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated he reported this. He said so the Big Ten doesn't have a built-in bye week, but they do have a 21-day suspension of play for players testing positive, and they have a shutdown threshold of five percent positivity rate on a team. Okay. Okay. There you go. So, Thank you. So the Gophers probably have like a hundred guys on their roster, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, so they're saying if five if five guys on the roster catch COVID, they could, they they would shut it down. The team would have to shut down. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Big Ten's back, and uh, I don't know what this is going to look like. I I I do tend to think that the way PJ Fleck approaches team building and culture building, yep, it's all about overcome adversity. It's all about prepare for every scenario, and so. I have a feeling that the Gophers are probably going to be as well, if not more prepared than most teams in the Big Ten. And it just comes down to can they beat Wisconsin without one of the best wide receivers in the country? Because uh, Bateman's, Bateman's not playing. How quickly would this program have to be shut down if Tim Brewster was still the coach right now? <laughs> oh, boy. Yesterday. Please. I mean, you, you'd, <laughs> yeah. you'd make it to like Friday, and then, then they'd be like, ah, 10 guys got it. Sorry, Tim, yeah. you're, the season's over. Is Tim Brewster still an assistant coach somewhere? 
He blocked me on Twitter. Yeah, of course, he blocked. I think, I think he like, blocked the entire Twin Cities. He hasn't blocked all of Score North and yeah, the Twin Cities. On <laughs> I think he, blocked he hasn't everyone. blocked me. I don't think. No, no, maybe he has. Oh, check it out. Really? So he is okay. He's at Florida. He's the he's, shockingly he's the tight ends coach at Florida. As I think of he went to North year. Carolina for a while. Oh, oh, he, okay. he was at North okay. Carolina for one year. Okay. He's been one and done at Texas A and M, North Carolina, Florida, and he's just been I a tight you. ends coach. So, all right, let's get into our uh, our next subject here. They can swing it definitely pretty well, um, but I feel like a lot of the hits that they had tonight. They weren't really getting a lot of, I guess, a lot of barrel on it, maybe. But they were just kind of finding the holes, and, you know, that's just the game of baseball. Um, I think the first thing, they had two shift beaters. I mean, we pitched those guys a certain way that, you know, try to get a rollover, but they end up going the other way with it. That's just kind of how it rolls. All right. I, I, I need a moment. I need a moment. That's Randy Dobnak. Football. Right. So he did get four strikeouts and four and a third last night. Of course, he uh, he – Faced several batters more than you would normally face because he he had put eight guys on via hit. He walked a guy and uh, and gave up four runs here. But mm-hmm. he he I'm going to play this one more time. All right, I want you to focus on some of the phrases he's using. Shift beater, like all right, they can swing it definitely pretty well. Um, but I feel like a lot of the hits that they had tonight, they weren't really getting a lot of I guess a lot of barrel on it maybe. But they're just kind of finding the holes, and you know that's just the game of baseball. Um, I think the first thing they had two shift beaters. I mean, we pitched those guys a certain way that you know trying to get a rollover, but they end up going the other way with it. And that's just kind of how it rolls. All right, let's talk about this concept of because I translate what he just said to mean I deserved better. Well, and I got a bunch of grounders. And the Fox Sports North telecast reflected the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I just deserved better. Yes, right? that was exactly. Yes. Now, he didn't say I deserved better verbatim. But, no, like, but you're to, right. to sum that up, he's basically saying I deserved better. Yes. People always seem to think that ground ball pitchers are unlucky when they give up five seeing eye singles. Like, oh, it's, Ky- it's the Kyle Gibson way of evaluating a start or the Nick Blackburn way of evaluating a start, right? That they deserve better for inducing those ground balls. And my retort to that, it was the same with Kyle Gibson. It's the same with Randy Dobnak. Sorry, but you deserve nothing. If you strike a batter out, you deserve an out. Because you have imposed your will with an out pitch, a slider, a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, whatever it is. If I strike you out, I deserve the out. If you barrel a ball up on me, if you put a ball in play on me, I don't deserve anything. Now, if you if you pop a ball up, I definitely got the better of that exchange, all right? But I don't deserve anything. That like the word deserve but like bothers me when and again he didn't use it but like the summary of what he said is like oh, I mean we had they had some shift beaters in there and we got a bunch of ground balls it's like dude miss a bat if there's runners yeah. on first and second you need an out pitch yeah. if you allow a ground ball up the middle somewhere and it gets by the shortstop's glove you can blame the shift you can blame bad luck ultimately like that guy put a swing on a ball he hit it out far enough. And that's what happens in baseball. So I just, I don't like that evaluation of what happened. And that's why I'm not really sold on Randy Dobnak as a playoff pitcher for the Twins. But yeah, he's right, a, I'm off my soapbox. So but I think the I think the talking point coming out of last night's Dobnik start was basically what you just said, which is he got the ground balls, just didn't get lucky. And you know what? Because the Twins were pitched to contact so much, that really, I think, rubs this entire town wrong as well. Because it's like, okay, really? We're going to go back here again? Oh, man, you weren't fortunate. And and also, the other thing, he hasn't pitched well of late at all. So this was not like one start where, man, you got unfortunate. But yeah. do you remember how you shoved against the Cardinals? All right, let me let me throw out this, this thought um, on the heels of the playoff schedule being released, including the bubble portion by baseball yesterday, okay? 
Wild card round, best of three, home ballpark, higher seed, three games in three days, you're done. All yep. right. Then teams will go to the bubble. I believe the American League bubbles are going to be Petco Park and Dodger Stadium. They will then open the best of five division series, five days. And you'll get a couple off days for travel there. And, and yes, and there will be a, and, and if you get done early, you'll also get off days padded in between those games. But the point being is you can't just be counting on a ton of off days and the regular built-in off days are only going to apply still to the World Series, which will be two days. League Championship Series will be the same thing, and I believe the American League's are going to play that completely at Petco Park, okay? Straight through. Straight through. So so you've got you've got three games. Bang, bang, bang. You've got you've got five games. You've got seven games. I now believe that one of the most important things to the Minnesota Twin season, if they are going to have the success that that we've talked about and we still believe that this is a very good baseball team, correct? Yes. I now they will, they will win the World Series if Byron Buxton and Josh Donaldson okay. stay healthy. Okay. I will I will take your statement and add to it. I now believe that the importance of Jake Odorizzi has never been higher because I cannot in good conscience allow my head to hit my pillow knowing I am forcing the guys who play for this team to go through a Dobnik start in the playoffs unless it's an emer- a complete fire drill, okay? So, let's go through it. Maeda, Barrios, Pineda, Odorizzi, and then my five is Rich Hill. And Dobnak then becomes, hey, if something goes haywire, you come in in the third inning and sure. figure oh, it yeah. out. Yep. I, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not taking him off my playoff roster by any means. But I am saying I can't start him. My problem, though, is Odo's been on the IL twice so far this year, I believe he's made three starts, all against uh, KC throughout the course of the summer. And at some point in time here, he's going to come back. When he comes back, I realize he's going to be rusty. But nonetheless, to get him built up for the playoffs, to have him healthy and have him pitching on a regular basis in those playoffs, if I am going to make a run, which becomes an if, I guess, is imperative. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be back. It, sound, it, it sounds like he's... Pretty yeah. close. I think he threw in St. Paul in the last couple of days again. So it really just comes down to, you know, between now and what are we? We're like basically two weeks away from the three game series starting. Less than that. It ten, starts on the 29th. Ten games left in, in the regular season. So can he even, can he make one start? He has to make at least one start in these next 10 games, you would think. And can he get up to like 80 or 90 pitches, which would get you maybe four or five innings in a, in a playoff game against the Yankees or somebody? Mm-hmm. But. You you won't need more than three starting pitchers in that first round. So that's all I'm. That's pretty much all I'm focused on right now. Is who are the three guys that matter? Win your first series since 2002 first, sure, and then figure out the next five games. But just like looking ahead on the horizon, if we extended out our starting rotation power rankings to that American League division series, and you don't get an off day, which means if that series goes five, you need five different starting pitchers or bring somebody back on short rest. Mm Randy Dobnak is not in my five. It's it's I, I'm with you. It is Jacob Rizzi, even if he can only give you like four innings, and it's Rich Hill. Maybe even flip flopped. I might even put Rich Hill in game four just because like. He's, but if I don't have pitching, but if, if Jake is not pitching well or breaks down again, if I do get past that first round, I really don't feel very good. But then and, you, then you have to use Dobnak. And Jake, by, by the way. Reportedly supposed to start in tonight's game, which will be Wednesday night's game against uh, Chicago. Oh, so he's starting tonight. Yes. Okay. So okay. he's supposed to start tonight. So he threw a couple of days ago in St. Paul, got the all clear to go uh, start tonight's game. But that to me now becomes 
if the Twins are going to make a run, a major yeah. deal. Because now if I have to go like Rich Hill and Dobnik at four or five, and look, I, I, I love the thought of Rich Hill and what he potentially brings, but man, it takes some work there. I, I just, I really think that Odorizzi's health and ability to, let's say, give me five innings becomes really important. One last thing on this Randy Dobnak front, all right, because he's been a great story. He is a good pitcher. He's going through a rough stretch. I don't want to overreact to him, like, facing one of the best lineups in baseball and struggling. A lot like, of guys have struggled against that lineup. That Cardinal start was bad, too, though. Yeah, but he, but he's, he's a good starting pitcher. He's a good number four, number five starting pitcher who's who's just been blessed with good luck. And he, he has his first, like, 50 innings in the big leagues are the combination of good luck, and him probably pitching and locating as well as he ever has in his life. And then the location kind of goes awry. But this notion that if you get a ground ball, hey, like, it should be an out. If I get a ground ball, it's an out. And anything other than an out is bad luck, right? Well, we went through the numbers last week. When you take the ground balls that are induced by pitchers in Major League Baseball, about one in every four goes through for a hit. Now, some of it depends on is it a scorching ground ball? Did you get super weak contact? But in general, if you get a ground ball... About three out of every four are converted to outs, and one out of every four is a hit. So if I told you, Judd, hey, uh, your strategy going into the game is to induce a bunch of ground balls. But, like, on average, one out of every four is going to go through for a hit. And if the luck isn't quite on your side, it might be more like every other one goes through for a hit. Would you just say, oh, whatever, that's just bad luck. I'll just, you know, or would you say, oh, is is there a more, like, like sure proof way, surefire way to record outs, I would say, yep, strike the guy out. <laughs> like that's that's all I can think about is when ground ball pitchers play the bad luck card. It's like, well, is it bad luck when I've got Kenta Maeda over here and he's he's yeah. got ten strikeouts? Yeah, like no, it, yeah. So, anyways, change your shifts, man. Make them work better. <laughs> play the infield right all the time. Um, by the way. We're a little behind the plate last night. How is it that these guys are so... T- I mean, Angel Hernandez, uh, Laz Diaz, CB... Bar- Why can I name umpires off the top of my head by how horse bleep they truly... Well, Will Little, man. They are the He be- might have been as bad as Angel. They are the they are the best in the world. I think they're probably better now than they've ever been at calling balls and strikes compared to like the Eric Greggs of 20 years ago. The problem is... And this this video is powered in part by TCL TVs. I've got you know 4K picture quality, and I've got a strike zone that's embedded on the screen during these broadcasts. None of those things existed 20 years ago, and so the, it's I don't even blame these guys anymore. They have to flip coins on some of these pitches. Pitches are moving more than they ever have. Baseball needs to bail these guys out. These guys are being made to look like idiots and are made to to really do a job that's you know impossible. What I, would do? I would tell a catcher at the start of every game if I had the plate. If you so much as move your glove after a pitch hits it, it's a ball. I will not give you any strikes. Framing you, I am going framing to is take tr- your is tricking. I it? am going to take your framing and use it against you. If I see your arm move a centimeter to the right or left, it's a ball. I don't care if it's right down the plate. You cannot move. Uh, I don't hate that idea actually. And I think then, it'd be and then the first time he framed, I toss him. <laughs> I like the idea. Um, hey, real quick before we get to write that down predictions, I just want I want to spend a couple minutes on I don't know how much you guys watched the NBA doubleheader last night. We had a game seven, which was in a, just the end of an amazing collapse by the Los Angeles Clippers, who have been the odds on favor to win the NBA championship. And this isn't like hockey where 
lot of random weird things happen. And the NBA, it's really rare when the favorite like blows a three one lead. Only fifteen times in history has that ever happened. Okay. And uh, and and by the way, uh, the Nuggets have two of them in this pl- in these playoffs. They've come back now down three games to one twice. So. Two things that I observed last night that had me thinking about the Timberwolves. Thing number one, Nikola Jokic is a better version of Carl Anthony Towns. So he had 22 rebounds last night. He had a triple-double. He had like 13 or 15 assists or something. He just he dominated and con- controlled this game without scoring 40 points. Everything ran through him. He made perfect passes all night long. People smarter than me are saying he's the best passing big man of all time. Jokic is what would happen if Carl Anthony Towns was more confident, was more focused, was a better leader, and had more of a killer instinct, and had like teammates around him, a Jamal Murray and, and things like that. Both guys are similar ages. Both guys are seven feet tall. Both are highly skilled. Cat's even a better shooter. So you can look at their physical skill sets and say, yeah, they can both pass. Mm-hmm. Cat's a better shooter. Uh, they're, they're both supremely skilled. They're both young. But Jokic is just on a different level when it comes to basketball IQ, leadership, like I said. And I think as as you watch Jokic here against the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals and even just follow his career, that is what Cat should aspire to be, a, a better shooting version of Nikola Jokic. And it, like that dude carried the Nuggets three games down in that series, two games down, and they had to win the final three to, to win it. And uh, it was fun to watch. The other thing... I had a little Jimmy Butler envy last night. Game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. An epic overtime thriller. And there's Jimmy Butler at the end hitting clutch shots and free throws and leading. And even Jeff Tweed dusted off his Twitter account for the first time in like a year and a half or something. I saw this tweet. Tweeted, yeah. I don't have it in front of me. Tweeted something. There it is. He tweeted, we had it, Minnie. Shake my head. And he's right. If... Tom Thibodeau had any sense of how to bring a team together like Eric Spolstra does and like Pat Riley does. If if they had a coach that could bring personalities and talents together, it's very possible that you would be watching a Timberwolves version of what you're seeing either with the Nuggets or the Heat, where you've got a great collection of talent and chemistry. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you could also, also make the case, so Bam Adebayo is the young star from Miami, and he's this Swiss Army Knife ninja player. And he had one of the greatest blocks in postseason history last night. It's overtime. There's like five seconds left. And and I think it was Tatum goes to the ring, uh, go, goes to the rack. And and Bam Adebayo reaches up, blocks the shot. His wrist is like bending back over the rim. And, and he knocks the ball out of bounds. But Bam Adebayo is a perfect young sidekick for Jimmy Butler because he plays defense. He's an energy guy. He doesn't really need the ball. He's like a young Jimmy Butler who plays a different position. Okay. And Butler, after the game, does the postgame interview. And he was asked about the block by Adebayo, and he said, and Jimmy Butler like almost teared up, and he was like, like that guy is the he's the soul of our team, and like that he plays defense, and that was that was the example of how he's the soul of our team. Well, there you go. And can you imagine Jimmy Butler ever saying anything like that about Andrew Wiggins or Carl Anthony Towns after a game? I don't oh. even think he acknowledged those guys in post game interviews. Well, and they they you know that, that's assuming then that. Um, one of those two would have potentially played great defense in that situation, which yep. they probably couldn't have or wouldn't have. So part of it is like Jimmy Butler, there has to be a certain okay. level of intensity for you to be respected by Jimmy Butler. Those guys oh, didn't have it. Out of bio has it. But let's break down what Teague said. I think that he's right as far as a lot of the actual human beings who can play basketball, right? But chemistry-wise, they were never close. No. Because because one, the star, the star player, in this case Butler, 
basically was the one guy who could intimidate the coach, Tibbs, who yelled at the rest of the world. So, like, yeah, if if you had if you had um, taken what Teague said and, and drafted a fantasy basketball league team and, like, didn't have to put up with personalities and just stuck them on a, on a sheet of paper and accumulated statistics, he's probably right. But he's probably as far from being right as possible based on personalities and based on what people did. And, and the fact that Tibbs, and I, I guess Brent Brown in Philly as well, didn't really control a damn thing. Well, I, the, the Philly thing is, is different than the Minnesota thing because I think obviously Embiid and Butler have a great relationship. And I don't know all the ins and outs of, of – I don't know if it was more contractual. Like Philly was a better fit with Jimmy than Minnesota was. But I think for Butler, if Carl Anthony Towns was the only young guy that he was just kind of exasperated by, I think, I think he probably would have just figured out a way to make it work because it's like, all right, I just have to – I have to make it work with this one guy, and he's super talented. I think when Butler went to practice and realized, oh, it's Andrew, too, and he just kind of lumped those guys in the same bin, and they are not in the same bin because even though even though neither one of them has like the, the confidence and killer instinct of a Bam Adebayo or even a Jamal Murray, some of these other great young players, Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns, with, with some of those deficiencies, is still one of the most efficient and, and best offensive players in the NBA and, like, and, and still provides a ton of value. Wiggins is aloof. Wiggins is low efficiency. He's just, there's, like, there's like no redeeming qualities about him as a player other than like once in a while he scores 20 points and can dunk. Um, and so I think Jimmy Butler probably went to practice every day and was like, oh, my God, it's both of them. I have to so, light a fire under both of these guys? Like, what is this? If Butler had gotten paid first, so if Butler had gotten the payday that Butler wanted at that time, and he was and he was paid first, how does that change the story? Because I got to think that he, if he had been financially happy, he could have driven Tibbs to get rid of, of Andrew fairly quickly. Yeah, it, opened, it definitely would have opened the door for it officially being Jimmy's team like it is in Miami, and then him being able to maybe call some personnel shots. Uh, more than he has. I don't think you should ever give players full personnel. Like we no. saw what happened when KG. No, no, no. KG was like, let's sign Joe Smith no, under yeah. the table and, and let's sign him again. Uh, and let's, some, let's bring him back. Right. Um, but it does it does open up a conversation, and maybe we can have this at some point during the Eastern Conference Finals here of what would have happened if the Timberwolves would have committed to Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau instead of Carl Anthony Towns, and maybe they would have wound up trading Carl. They for sure would have wound up trading Wiggins regardless. Yeah. Um, so yes. I don't know. But I had I some also, Jimmy Butler envy last night. I also think that the the biggest factor that we have not brought up yet is probably the Spolster factor, though. Well, we've brought that up yeah. a few times. Yeah. No, but I, I mean today, the job the job that Spolster does, and, and the fact that he can take all of these personalities and manage them, and and knows exactly what he, he's doing. I mean, the thing with Tibbs is, to Tibbs' dying day, he will never have people skills. And they're going to find that out in New York too. Uh, he just doesn't have them. It's going to be a total disaster. And there. and so so what Spolster can do uh, to probably make people think that they're valuable to make Butler think, hey, here's what makes here's what's going to make Jimmy ha- happy t- today. And Butler strikes me just quickly as the, the type of guy too who you probably have to be on guard for that what makes him happy on Monday is not going to make him happy on Tuesday and then you're going to have to change it again on Wednesday and the question becomes do you have the people skills to adjust continually and is he worth it and the answer with Butler is probably yes and so 
you do that. But Tibbs was never going to have that skill set. Yeah. I do think LeBron James, now that the Clippers are out, has a clear path to win another NBA championship here. But the Nuggets have definitely shown something, and the Celtics and the Heat are both just like wild card teams. And it's just it's fun that the bubble has produced kind of a a final four here that could go any which direction. I don't think I would be shocked if any of these four teams won, but I, th- I think it's LeBron's now. Welcome that to my sport. Gone, so. Very hockey-like. <laughs> yep, and uh, and we should have, what was it double overtime last night for the Islanders, yes. too? Yeah. Yes, to it get was. In? Man. It's it's 3-2 now, right? Going into uh, game six decks? Yes. 3-2 t- Tampa Bay up, and Tampa Bay didn't have its star Braden Point last night, and if he's not playing again in game six, that's going to be a really big deal. So uh, we'll keep an eye on uh, NBA and NHL here, but we got to make some predictions. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, then. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That's right. We are the only... Hold on. There we go. We are the only show, not only in town, but the only show across the country that actually keeps track of our predictions with batting averages and home runs. Write that down every Wednesday on Mackie and Judd, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and youtube.com slash scorenorthmn. Our Viking-centric YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Podcast. Here's how Write That Down works. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. If you want to get in on the action here, you can DM me on Twitter. My DMs are open even if I don't follow you, at Phil Mackey, if you want to participate or if you want to DM me about anything else. I don't know. If you have like a, if you have a Corona Hard Seltzer power That's ranking right. that you want to throw out there, you can do that too. Politics, go ahead. You Cobra love that. Kai takes. love DMing about politics. Cobra Kai. GOP maybe. Yep, for sure. <laughs> We've got uh, every week we have at least one and oftentimes two or three guest listener predictors. So Tony and Kyle will be our guest listener predictors this week. But let's go through the accountability session here before we do Write this down. anything else. A lot of things coming off the board here. A lot of things. A lot of moving and shaking in the batting average standings. Judd Zolgad, you said the Vikings oh, will beat the Packers and the Colts in their first two games of the season. I knew I should have been a homer. Hmm. Mm. You said Justin Jefferson, after he was drafted, will yeah. catch two touchdowns in week one. That's okay. I had to... He caught two passes. Hey, oh. Draft goggles on that day. That's okay. But you redeemed yourself. You said you had a couple of great Cam predictions. You said Cam Dantzler would be among the Vikings' top three cornerbacks in week one in terms of just like snap counts yep. and starters or whatever. Yeah. He was actually the top snap count cornerback on the team. Yeah. And he just started, threw him right into the fire. You said Cam Newton will be the week one starter for the Patriots. You said that after they signed him, so it would have been a home run if it was the other That's way fine. around. That's yeah. fine. No, I'm cool with that. And you said the U of M will cut at least two sports because of COVID-19. Again, uh, not a home run because we knew they were taking a financial uh, bath, but but a good comeback there with three correct predictions out of the five that came off the board. Jonathan Harrison, last year's batting champion, had nothing come off the board. Manny Hill said the Lynx will not make the playoffs in 2020. No faith. No faith. No faith. He said the Clippers will win the NBA title this season. Probably thought he was right when they were up 3-1, to one, huh? They've never been to the conference finals in their franchise history. The Timberwolves have been to the, the well, conference finals before. The Clippers were an embarrassment for how long? long and time. remain an embarrassment after last night. Hmm. Rami, nothing off the board. 
Ooh, Phil Mackey, a lot of green there. Oh, look at that. A lot of green. Look at that. You're spraying the ball. I said the Vikings will start 3-0 in 2020. However, I said Dalvin Cook will have $22 million. I, I believe I said at least $22 million guaranteed uh, in guaranteed money on his next contract extension. Yeah. And uh, Josh Donaldson, whenever he comes back, will hit a home run within the first three games of returning from his calf injury. Yeah. Very nice. He went in the second game. Very Just to nice. check, is that, a home, is that a home run? Which one? That he would hit a home run no. within a three-game window? I don't think so. No, no. I don't think so. Oh, if you said I first, know so. It's if, not. If you would have said the first game, for sure. Okay. But not the so first game. Just want to check. Yeah, yeah but he hits. But he's a power hitter, and he comes back. Right. He's gonna. Have, that's probably what he's going to one result. If, if he called it on the run. first game, then yes, but no, not. No, but just want to check. First pitch, yes, for sure. It's a ringing double off the fence, though. All right. I said you're spraying the ball. Oh, my God. The listeners. Well, I don't feel as bad anymore. Yeah, you should too. I will. Jeff in Texas came out of the gate firing with multiple parlays last week. <laughs> Jeff was launching up Steph Curry shots from midcourt. Yeah, but but like, uh, what's his name in Long Came Polly, where he's just sweating and they're flying off the backboard. Like, Ugh. I think it was Long Came Polly. Yeah, whatever. I know what you're talking about. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, Jeff in Texas said the Twins will have sole possession of first place in the Central by this week's Write That Down, and the Vikings will beat the Packers <laughs> by at least 10 points. Jeff! You know what? You know Shoot what your Jeff shot, did? buddy. Called, called the wrong station. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Jeremy said this Sunday the Vikings will beat the Packers, and Cousins will throw for three touchdowns and 300-plus yards. Nope. Let's see here. Brian said the Raptors will represent the East in the finals. Mark said in week one, no team will score more than 31 points in the NFL. And Andy said this one, we might have to double check this, Andy. Uh, You said the Canucks will beat the Golden Knights and will win the Western Conference finals. But there was a spelling mistake in here, Dex, that I tried to correct. I wasn't sure what he was exactly predicting. But seeing as how both those teams are long gone, like I'm assuming that this is just wrong. Yeah, no, that was wrong. It's probably just wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. All right, here's Declan. Ooh. Declan said Irv Smith will catch the first touchdown pass from Kirk Cousins this year. The Vikings will beat the Packers and will score at least 20 points. Rodgers will throw only one touchdown pass against the Vikings. He threw four. And Yannick Ngakwe will play a factor in a forced fumble against the Packers. Oh, we hashed that one out. I know. Why'd we bother? Yeah. Oof. And so here are the new batting average. Declan tumbles to third. Tumbles to third. So Judd Zolgad, with to this point the greatest write that down season in history, still batting four forty six. That's a season high for you. Summer of forty (laughs) one, Teddy ball game, and I'm not going to sit out. Four forty six. He's also leading with three home runs. Rami Makhlouf at three ninety six with a home run. Declan down to three ninety two with a home run. I'm up to three thirty with a couple bombs. Still not out of it. You've been solid. I'm having a good season. I feel like you've been solid. I'm having a good season, but. Judd's having Judd's having the best season in the history of the game. Listeners are uh, down to 250 with one home run. John Harrison at 209 with two home runs, and Manny Hill 162 with one home run. Write this down. I'm putting the ball on the Write ground. Write it down. You like writing like things down? down. I'm putting ball on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why aren't I getting hits? What Just the hell? bad luck, man. Just bad luck. You're more Just like Jason Tyner right now, Declan. <laughs> That's fine. Jason Tyner. All right, I'm going to punch Tony up. You can punch Kyle up there, Dex. Tony, can you hear us? Are you with us? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Nice. And Kyle, are you there? I'm here. 
All right, we got Tony, we got Kyle. We're going to do this. We're going to go Tony, Kyle, Judd, Declan, Phil. We're going to go around the room three times. And, again, the predictions must be quantifiable. You can do parlays. Uh, ideally, we put end dates so that we're not, like, lingering with the Larry Brown will Larry coach Brown. again prediction. <laughs> hey, back off. <laughs> or he dies. Or he might, yes, exactly right. Dies. So, Tony, are you here to hit bombs or are you here to raise that batting average or both? Uh, more so the batting average. Maybe, maybe a bomb here. All right. Well, why don't you lead off? Write it down. You like writing things down. However you uh, see fit. All right. My first one, I'm going to go, uh, Nelson Cruz will win the MVP. Ooh. So I feel like going into the series, he was like neck and neck. And then Tim Anderson happened again this series. And a Bray Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah, a good chance. Uh, down the scratch, but Still a couple weeks. I like it though. Yeah, Tim Anderson has just kind of become one of the best players in baseball over the last fun two player years. to watch. Yeah, write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Kyle, what's your strategy? Uh, I'm just going to focus on my process. Hit the ball hard. And see where I, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Write this down. Fire away. <laughs> All right, Phil, you'll like this. Um, your boy Philip Rivers, uh, 16 fantasy points in his last outing. Vikings defensive line without Hunter showing no ability to pressure the quarterback. I say Phillip Rivers goes over 19 fantasy points against the Vikings in an wow. ESPN standard scoring league. Be a pretty big week for my guy, Phillip Rivers. It wasn't his fault, by the way. Those interceptions, I don't know. Are they not his fault? There, there was a couple, oh, wi- sure. a couple wind yeah, gusts. No. It was yeah, very windy. Yeah. Yeah, those those were shift beaters, and there were fans in Jacksonville, and there weren't fans in most stadiums, so yeah. he got intimidated. I mean, yeah. Hurricane force winds; it's very difficult. Yeah, well, I don't know why they're even calling pass plays when the weather was that. And Kyle, bad. did you say goes over nineteen points, or did you say just nine, at least nineteen points? Uh, nineteen at least. Nineteen points. Thank you. Play that game. Write this down, Judd Zolgad. I'm going to stick with the same quarterback and make a prediction, but it will not be positive. The Vikings will intercept Phillip Rivers at least twice on Sunday oh, on. in did, did Indianapolis. We, we all have that? Yes. We all have that? Yes. <laughs> they will intercept him. They're going to redeem themselves as the ball oh, flutters man. through the air with the greatest of V's. <laughs> Phillip Rivers at least, Declan. That's the key. Oh, man. So I'm not saying right. it's confined to at hey, least twice. Hey, here's a question. So just one up me. What are the so what are the social distancing guidelines in the state of Indiana? Mm. Can Philip Rivers even have his whole family in the same room at the same time? Or do they have <laughs> to be in point. two separate locations? Well, they're, they're allowing two thousand plus in the stadium, right? For the game, are they okay? So I'm guessing he can. Because have... I know you can't have gatherings of more than ten in some places, and oh, Philip Rivers' yeah. family is very much on the border there. Well, write it down. You like writing things down. <laughs> write this down. All right, Dex. All right. Well, I had the Vikings bounce back for a win, and Philip Rivers throws at least two interceptions. I'll change it up a little bit. You can parlay that. I was going to say that's fine. You, you just have to take the Rivers two picks and do something else with it. Well, I'm I'm going to change it up in general. Okay. I'm just going to completely change it up. I don't like doing what Judd did, so I'll probably be wrong. Well, the Vikings will bounce back for a win, and Philip Rivers will be sacked at least three times. Okay. okay, so the Vikings will get their first three sacks of the season, then, yes. is what you're saying. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. I, I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to tip my hand in that I feel like I can still make a run at the batting average title here. I feel like Judd's getting pretty haughty. And so <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I've mostly been swinging for the fences, I feel like, and, and that hasn't worked out very well because I'm, I'm losing in the home run race, too. So I'm just going to tell you, no parlay, the Vikings will win on Sunday. The Vikings will win on Sunday. I need a hit. Write it down. You like writing things Thank, down. Thanks Write for this the, down. Thanks for the flair to left field. Yes. Yep. Wow. 
Hey, I've been swinging for the fences. Why don't you all predict year. they'll play the game? I mean, there's the off chance. I still, have, I still have two left. Don't tell me. <laughs> uh, Tony, you're up next. All right, my second one. I'm going to go. Justin Jefferson has at least seven touchdowns this year. Okay. All righty. Write it down. You like writing things down. I mean, he looked he looked pretty good on those two receptions. You can kind of tell if somebody has a little little wiggle, and I feel like he might might have had a little wiggle to him there. His team did Four win. All right, back over to Kyle. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, I had a very profitable weekend betting against things that I wanted to happen. Um, so I'm going to go with that strategy again and say the Vikings lose to the Colts and the Packers get a win. I would love to be wrong, but we'll get some uh, batting average points if not. I feel like so the Colts are a trendy team to potentially win the win their division and make the playoffs, and they had that disappointing loss in week one. Kind of feels like whichever team loses this game is just like done. I mean, Owen, Owen, two with these two teams. Wow! It's but it's not, I hope not for the Vikings' sake. And, and I say that because those aren't the type of teams that have like a Russell Wilson or a Pat Mahomes to just bail them out the rest of the year. That starting Owen two is going to be difficult for either of these teams to overcome. Mm-hmm. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. All right, uh, Kyle. I'm sorry, Judd. No, Judd. Kyler Murray will finish in the top three of NFL MVP voting for this season. So the Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray will finish in the top three of MVP wow. voting for this season. They've kind of, they've kind of arrived. I just yeah. I like him, and DeAndre Hopkins is an absolute star. I mean, he's a stud. He's a stud. Yeah. He's a Write stud. this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Declan? Uh, Justin Jefferson will catch his first NFL touchdown pass against the Colts on Sunday. A lot of Justin Jefferson love here on this edition of Write That Down. I like it. All right. Write this down. I also had Phillip Rivers throwing two or more interceptions. My guy, Phillip Rivers. Yeah, you can't do that to your guy. Why not? I'm, I'm, He's your guy. I am, I'm okay with my guy taking some You've chances. You've spent five years at least with me being a Phillip Rivers apologist, and now you're going to sell him out. He's very disappointed. I'm not selling him out. I am at peace with his aggressiveness. <laughs> It's not aggressiveness. It's a ball <laughs> fluttering through the air like a butterfly. So I'm going to amend it. I'm going to amend it to actually be uh, to be easier for me to get this point. <laughs> Philip Rivers will commit at least two turnovers in the game against the Vikings. So it could be an interception and a fumble. Wow. He will commit at least two turnovers. So he'll have to get charged if it's like a fumbled exchange. Well, I see what you do charged. He's got to get charged with the yeah with the uh, the turnovers. Write this down. Write that down. All right, back to Tony. Your final prediction. All right, my last one is going to be a little parlay. I'm going to go Timberwolves will finish top six in the West, and Cat will get a top five MVP vote. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Excuse me? What I, was that? I love it. So off the record here, this won't count for your prediction, just for fun. What will they add this offseason to help make that happen? Will they, will, uh, they, will they pick with their pick, or will they trade it? I think he's going to do everything he can to trade it, but – if they keep it, I hope they go with Mello, but I think he's going to trade it. God, I'm a, I can't believe I keep going back to the Wolves' emotional well every single oh, year. Oh, you are. You're hopeless, man. Me and Tony are spirit animals, just hoping hopeless. for things that never happen. It's just so sad. So, Tony, a great job making your three predictions. Since you have this massive platform right now, would you like to thank anyone in your life that got you to this point? Uh, I don't know about that, but I do want to shout out the Clippers for their uh, <laughs> fall down in uh, – LeBron's going to get another one this year. Yep, uh, I agree. That was hilarious. And Clippers still uh, still pushing for their first conference finals appearance after blowing that 3-1 lead. 
All right, yeah. Tony. Thanks for making your appearance. Kyle, Thanks, <laughs> write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Your final prediction, Kyle. Uh, so I was doing a little bit of advanced research for my appearance here. Uh, it appears the Vikings have the worst NFL coin toss percentage over the last 20 years by a substantial margin. What? I'm going to say things. I'm going to say things normalize, and the Vikings win the toss. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is that? Did you actually find research on that? Is that a real thing? Yeah, I, I found a data set from 2000 to 2015 in which we won 44 percent of coin tosses. Packers, of course, <laughs> leading the way at 56 percent. Of course, and then in yeah. 2018, 2018, we won only six total. Wow, that's amazing. And not shocking that no. that they would use weighted right. coins. In That's Packers a level of, of football geekdom that I really, really appreciate. Football. That's great. The All fact right. that you did that. All right, Kyle, who in your life would you like to thank that got you to this point? I'd like to thank Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray for making my Nugget season tickets that much more valuable. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, we're hoping that Cat can just turn into like half of Jokic here at some point. The Avs not so much right now, but, but uh, yeah, that's good for the Nuggets. Cool. All right, Kyle, thanks for hanging out with us. See ya. Thanks, guys. Bye. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, back to Judd. All right, my final, I'll write that down for this week. Vic Fangio will be fired by the Broncos either during this season or after it. So I'm going to couch myself to be very careful here because this is an old school. I would put out something and he would get fired, but I'd be wrong in how I phrased it. So Vic Fangio, head coach of the Broncos, Declan, will be fired either during this season or after this season. Did you guys hear his explanation for why he didn't call timeouts at the end of that game? He So he said, it's 100% totally oh, I, my fault. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, totally my fault. I was too caught up in calling the defensive plays and wasn't thinking about the clock management. Yes. And, of course, like, that's what a defensive coordinator's job is. Exactly. But you are a head coach. Well, so. but do you do you think if if the head coach of the Vikings had been fully truthful a few years back, that that's why yeah. he struggled at times with the exact same assignment? Yeah, and I, and obviously nailing the play call is also very important. But coaches just sort of fly by the game management and timeout and clock management stuff that cost them two or three games a year sometimes. Like that that should be something that you are just. You are fully immersed in and have handled on a regular basis. And if that means somebody else needs to call plays, well, somebody else call plays. So if you know that you've got a head coach who is a DC like Zim who's going to call defensive plays, how do you not have a clock coach? I don't know. Like just to be like, okay, that's fine. If you forget, I'm here. Well, I would say I think like the idea of a game management coach or yeah. like go get some twenty two year old kid that plays Madden or something. That's Which great. McVay has, but but those are skill sets that you should just have inherently as a head coach because it's also kind of a pain in the ass to have to be like the bullets are flying. You're trying to get personnel right. You're trying to talk on your headset and you're trying to think about oh, where's my clock management guy? Like, no, it should just be baked in your head. You yeah. should just have run different scenarios week after week in the offseason. But if you know it's not, how do you not have some type mm-hmm. of backup to be like, uh, Vic, hmm. we need to call timeout here. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Vic Fangio. Yeah. Football. All right, Declan, your final prediction. Yes, uh, the Twins will play the Yankees in the MLB playoffs. God dang it. I knew it. You're going to have it. I'm glad I had it before you. They will play the Yankees in the MLB playoffs. <laughs> you could change it up. You I know, will, I, you I will change it I up. You know what I did there? Because you know what I did? I said the MLB playoffs. 
Write it down. You All like right. writing things down. My prediction was going to be, and I'll just stick with it. The Twins and the Yankees will face each other in the first round of the MLB playoffs. Okay. Care to add where? What, what do you mean? San Diego? Bubble. Oh, I no, see what you're saying. Oh, the first round? Gotcha. No, gentlemen, that's not in the bubble. And the um, Yankees are red hot. I already have a prediction from February of last year, of earlier this year. Mm-hmm. That the Twins will clinch a playoff series in the Bronx. So that's already on the board. So that, so that, that can only happen in okay. the first round of the playoffs. I'm going right. to leave that. So for this one, the Twins will face the Yankees in the first round. And and the way that that would almost certainly have to happen is the Twins as the four or five seed, and the so the Twins as the second place team in their division, yes, and the Yankees as the second place team in their division. And right now, that's pretty close because the Twins are doing their job. I think it's pretty likely. Write it down. You like writing things down. So there it is. Those are the write that down predictions for the week. Again, the batting average is Judd Zolget four forty six, Rami Makhlouf three ninety six, Declan Goff three ninety two, Phil Mackey three thirty, listeners two fifty, John Harrison two oh nine, Manny Hill one sixty two on the season. Collectively, the league has hit five, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven home runs. Eleven home runs. Still some home runs on the board, and we're way overdue for a home run edition of Right That Yeah, let's do that point. soon. Yeah. Next week? Yes. Let's just do it next week. Absolutely. Sure. Communicate that to our uh, whoever's participating on the listener front, too. But okay. let's swing for the fences next week. Let's let's squeeze one in, like, once a month until the end of the season just to spice things up. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down.